Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. Also brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation, so grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Man, weather has been pretty dang awesome, and it's been a little cooler than uh, than maybe normal this time of the year, which uh, doesn't feel too bad, honestly. But um, man, it's been some pretty nice weather. Got some rain that has come through today. Uh, it's Thursday, and we kind of probably needed a little bit of rain. We hadn't had too much lately. But man, I I'm looking forward to seeing what the fish are doing around the state and see what all of our fishermen are doing. So. Let's get to the first segment with my buddy, Mr. Preston Kendricks. What's going on, Preston? What's going on, Brian? How's it going? Hey, going good, buddy. Going good, man. I know you, you've you been on the road, brother. Yeah, it's uh, it's a busy season right now for the fishing industry, for sure. This is the time of year, so I've been traveling a lot lately. I'm in South Carolina right now uh, for the Santee Cooper Bassmaster Elite Tournament. Uh, AFCO is the main sponsor, so I'm here with that. Just kind of, just kind of doing the just general promotion and just getting the name out there. Heck yeah, man! And I, I know, you know, we all kind of know AFCO is being such a such a huge fishing brand now. And and man, I mean, what's what's new out there in the AFCO world? It's uh, whenever I went to the Lake Murray Tournament uh, last week, I went there and then flew to california for two days for the sales meeting uh and they they showed us a lot of the new stuff they got coming next year uh which will be a year from now so it's kind of they're kind of ahead of the game on that so there's definitely a lot of new stuff coming for sure they they've got a new one thing i'm really excited about is the new ankle deck boot it's a waterproof boot that you you can wear and because uh, if you're like me i mean you don't want to wear your tennis shoes all day and uh i was fishing a couple of weeks ago in the pouring rain and and i mean i just my feet were soaked and it was it was cold and windy and raining so that new ankle deck boot will be will be really good i'm excited about it well it's amazing how you know just like a anything else in the fishing industry right i mean how the You've always got this evolution of new products, whether it's lures or rods, reels, lines, or whether it's your electronics. But the the clothing industry is is something that we don't maybe think about as much, but is really just as important as anything else to keep you comfortable and keep you on the water longer. That's exactly right. Yeah, especially getting this time of year and into the summer, you know, when it gets hot and sunny, you know, if you're like me, you don't like to wear sunscreen uh, when you're fishing. I, I mean, I'm constantly casting, like I don't even take time to eat hardly throughout the day, especially when I'm in a tournament. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I don't take the time to put on sunscreen and I know I need to. But the cool thing about it is, you know, a lot of the clothing that AFCO makes is sun protectant, uh, hooded yeah. shirt, sun gloves, face masks, stuff like that. So uh, it, it definitely helps. Preston, all you got to do is take my wife with you when you go because she's one of these. She is a sunscreen Nazi. She'll just chase you around the boat like every 15 minutes slapping sunscreen on you. You won't even have to quit <laughs> fishing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, we, we need one, one of those. A person like that to uh, keep us straight, you know, because <laughs> it's something I don't do enough of. But, you know, I but I have gotten to where and, you know, used to 
before some of these materials came out with the sun protectant in it, you know, we all used to wear the short sleeve shirts or, you know, short, short pants, short sleeve, put some sunscreen on if we remember to, or either just get sunburnt and too much sun, sun exposure. But now that we have stuff, you know, brands and, and clothing like AFCO is so good at, at making and offering, man, I find myself wearing it to cut the grass, to do whatever outside. And you can wear long sleeves because it's so it's really almost cooler to wear the long sleeve afghos with the sun protect than it is to wear short sleeves sometimes. It is, yeah. Uh, the material is made out of a lot of times. It's the moisture wicking material, and uh, you know, certain they they've got certain shirts that have that technology built in there to where it keeps you cooler. And so it's kind of cool, you know, because if you're in a white, in a cotton t-shirt, that's a lot hotter. Like you said, it's it's even hotter wearing that than just a long sleeve performance sun shirt. So yeah, that's right. Well, hey man, we no. got to talk about fishing. We can talk about this kind of stuff, and I love that because I always love hearing about what's new and what's coming out. But man, what's yeah. the? I know you've been fishing Smith Lake uh, between all your your tournaments, and and uh, man, sounds like you're having a, a good year on the tournament series. And because congratulations on that. Okay, it's been a good year uh, with me. You know, working and traveling a lot. I don't get to fish as many big tournaments as I'd like to, as far as like the. You know, the BFLs, the uh, Toyota Series, you know, Bassmaster Opens, you know, all those big tournaments. It, it would be good for me to fish those and, and take time off work to practice some, but it, it's hard to travel. You know, I can fish around the house, like, in you know, Smith Lake and Gunnersville and, you know, all those lakes that we got here that we're blessed to have uh, in the great state of Alabama. But, you know, this year I've mainly just been fishing smaller tournaments just on the weekend and i mean to me that's that's really fun you know a lot of people think you gotta fish these big tournaments all the time and and um you know but really i mean you you can get better as an angler just fishing weekend tournaments and club tournaments i mean because i mean guys around the house are are just as good like because they fish those lakes also so it's it's fun it's been it's been a good year yeah, it sounds like it, man. I know you've won some tournaments uh, this year already. I know you won one not too long ago up at Gunnersville. And, man, I know you've been fishing Smith a good bit as well. So, man, let's talk about Smith. What's, what's, we had not had a good report from there in a while. So, kind of what are the fish doing right there and uh, how are you catching them? Yeah, so, you know, I went a lot earlier in the year when it was a lot colder. Um, but I have been, you know, when the fish were spawning, I've been a couple times. Earlier in the year, caught them really good on an A rig, uh, really good on a on a small finesse jig, and now it's kind of more towards you know the fish are spawning. Uh, you can throw a wacky worm up shallow. You can throw a shaky head around docks. Uh, that's always a good pattern. Uh, the, what it is, so when the spots spawn, a lot of times they spawn underneath the dock walkways, and you can just kind of throw that shaky head. And sometimes you know you gotta you got to battle with the cables, the dock cables and stuff like that. But you want to be efficient. You know, every if you're just going down a, a stretch of docks, you want to cast underneath the, the walkways with a shaky head and stuff just to, because that's where they like spawn. Uh, they don't see a lot of baits, you know, and a lot of people just blow through there and just, and just throw something on the edge of the dock. They don't actually, you know, weave in and out and throw in the places they need to be throwing. So, uh, just kind of picking it apart, you know, working slow, not getting in too much of a hurry, because that's something you can do a lot this time of year is fish too fast. You know, if the, if the fish are on bed, you need to you need to kind of work it slow and and make multiple casts in one you know high percentage area where a fish might be. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And uh, you know, one of the questions that that I've had. On, from some guests on the show before that have, have emailed is when you talk about a Smith Lake versus a Gunnersville or a lot of the other lakes that we have, and we're, we're fortunate to have some pretty good, clear, clean water in, in, a, in a lot of our lakes, but Smith is like an exception, right? It's like so clear. It's um, I think it's the third clearest lake in the United States from what I understand. When fish are spawning in clear water, 
compared to some darker stained water, do they still spawn as shallow or do they spawn a little deeper or is there any difference in the depth that fish spawn when when it comes to a clear lake versus stained lake? That's actually a really good question. I don't know if there is a difference. I, I think I think the main difference is the uh, the ones deeper, I feel like might be easier to catch because, you know, a lot of boats don't see them. And I have seen that sometimes the bigger ones spawn, uh, and not just on Smith Lake, but, you know, any lake, really, the bigger ones may spawn off the bank a little bit, a little bit deeper to where you can't see their beds. Um, and then I, I guess on Smith especially, you know, they draw the lake down in the wintertime. So, you know, when the fish are just spawning, the lake is still down a little bit. So when that water gets up to full pool, well, those beds that were in the water, you know, a foot or two foot are now in the water, you know, four or five foot. So it's just kind of like stuff a lot of people don't think about. So I think it's just more so of they try to find a piece of cover that is you know, got some good depths on it, but I mean, like the largemouth, they'll spawn in, I mean, really shallow water. Like you can get way back in these places and, and, um, and you'll see them, they'll be in like six inches of water. But I think a lot of the bigger ones do spawn deeper. I don't know, you know, how much water clarity has to do with it. It it might have something to do with it though. Uh, I can definitely see that for sure. And I didn't know if it did or not, but it's a question that had been brought up before, and I thought it was an interesting question, so I'm glad we kind of got to uh, address it, and and, uh, and I think you you hit it, and uh, but it is is interesting. You know, some of the fish have already spawned and are starting to move out, right? And so when you're looking at post, when you're fishing for post-spawned fish, you know, kind of what are you looking for? How are you catching those fish? There's a, there's a couple different ways, really. Um, when you ask that, my mind instantly went to the points on Smith Lake because the Smith Lake has, has so many long points that come way out. And even the points that don't come way out, you know, if it's just the mouth of a pocket and it's just, you know, a little pinch point right there where it bends, where the bank bends into a pocket, you know, they may there may be one sitting right there. So really just Anywhere that the fish may be moving out, you know, the deeper ditches and stuff like that, you know, if the fish are way back in the back of the ditch when they're spawning, we'll then try to find those, that midway point, you know, if there's like a, like I said, a long point that sticks out towards the middle of the uh, ditch or, or, you know, something like that, that they may can stop on on their way out. Uh, that's, that's something that really just a high percentage place that you can find but even after they spawn you know the the herring spawn mm, i would yeah. imagine probably going on right now too and um you know a lot of times they'll get in the very backs of places and you can throw spooks you know top water baits weightless you know weightless jerk baits you know like soft plastic style and, and then you got you know all kinds of different shad imitating baits you can throw for them but um that's that's one way i like to fish is just the herring spawn and and just when they're when they're schooling they may be schooling on points they may be schooling chasing herring in the backs of the pockets so um it's just one of them things you don't want to fish too fast but you kind of want to look around maybe spend some time looking around on the lake to see where the bait's at because a lot of times you'll just be driving around and you'll see them see them chasing bait you know so that's that's one one way I like one thing I like to do right after a spawn is to chase the bait. Yeah. How long has the herring been in Smith Lake? Do you know? I can't remember the exact year. I want to say it was uh, early two thousands, maybe, but it may not have been. It may have been more recent than that. I don't know. It may know. have been. It may have been. I'm I'm not real sure either. I know since there's been tons of them in there, it probably hadn't been that long. I've heard on other lakes uh, about the difference it made in the in the size of the fish and the quality of the fish. Is that something that you've noticed on Smith? Uh, as far as the quality of the fish goes, since they put the herring in there, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I've I've noticed a uh, which I guess you know the state or the lake record was caught in I think it was in like the eighties. Um, it was years before the blueback herring got in there, and it was like a nine pound spot. But um, you know, 
I have noticed a difference and I've heard, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't fish it a whole while. I was young. When, before I was going to say you were young when I got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot, but now from what I heard, it was not very good. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast can, can attest to that, that it was not great, but I don't know. I, I've heard both. I've heard that it hasn't been great, but I've heard that it, it used to be a lot better. Like I, I used to hear, or I heard that you used to could throw like, like in brush piles, like deep brush piles and catch big largemouth doing that. I heard I, I heard that used to be a, a big thing on Smith Lake, but now it's not as common since the blueback herring got in there. The spots kind of took over, or, or I guess like the, uh, you know, they chase more and the largemouth can't really compete with them. That's why they're so skinny. Every time you catch a largemouth on Smith Lake, it's paper thin because the spots are eating all the blueback herring. Largemouth don't move as much as spots do. The spots are constantly chasing the bait, and you know, largemouth huh. typically. When you think of a largemouth, he'll he wants to sit in like a tree, or he wants to sit under a dock. Or, he don't or, want know, to spend the like energy that the the spots. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So uh, I think that has changed the lake a lot with the blueback herring getting in there. I, I think it it's it helped as far as the quality of spots go, but I think it's hurt the largemouth fishing in a way. Uh, because like I said, used to, I, I heard that you could catch largemouth out deep in the brush pile and stuff. Yeah. And you know, as years go on, those brush piles out there, they change, right? I mean, so that brush pile in the eighties may have been full of limbs and, you know, full of structure on that brush pile. And, you know, 20 years later, 30 years later, a lot of that stuff has kind of fallen apart and disintegrated and it may not be as much structure as it used to be on that brush pile to hold fish so that that may be part of it as well but you know i, I know like uh even the guys at lake martin you know they haven't had the the herring as long as myth but it sounds like that that it, it has improved the the quality of the the spots for sure and then definitely the stripe fishing oh yeah yeah the stripe fishing is really good sometimes i catch one on accident you know you're you're just throwing like a like a glide bait or a, or a rig or something like that, and and they just crush it and just you don't expect it either. Yeah. Um, so because they're in Smith Lake, they're huge. There's some huge ones up there. I'm forty pounders. Yeah, there's some giants in there, and um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big stripe fisherman, but when I it, they're fun to catch though, especially you know when you're throwing something like a glide bait or a moving bait, and they just they just hammer it. Yeah, no no doubt, man. No doubt. Well, that's all good stuff, Preston, man. If you had a tip for somebody going to, to Smith Lake this weekend, what would your tip of the day be? I would say um, just don't, I mean, don't be afraid to fish too shallow because they, uh, they do get in the backs of these places. And then also, I would say uh, find the bait. If, if there's not bait around, uh, it, with the exception of fish spawning, you know, if fish are spawning, then there doesn't have to be bait around, but it, you know, I haven't looked at the weather this weekend. Is it, is it supposed to be sunny Saturday or do you know? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be, yeah. you know, big chance of rain again tomorrow, possibly. And then I think this weekend is supposed to be sunnier. Right. So, you know, if it's, if the, you get some sun then you know, you can, you can look for some beds, uh, go up shallow throw a wacky worm around for some largemouth. And like I said, don't be afraid to get too shallow, but also the uh, post-spawn fish, you know, not all fish are spawning right now. Uh, like we were talking about, you know, the, the, the herring spawn going on and stuff like that. That's right around the corner if it hasn't happened already. So I would say just find the bait. And, and once you find the bait, you'll find the fish. Good stuff, man. Hey, are you still doing any trips or are you too busy and all your other stuff to do? As far as like taking people out yeah. and stuff, yeah. uh, I currently don't do that. I just kind of just go fun fishing yeah. pretty much. and uh, I, I, I take people out, you know, but not, not like guided trips. Not on guided trips, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think you would have time. You, you're a busy guy, man. You're all over the place. You're traveling the world. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I wanted, you know, if I was a guide, I would definitely want to put in the work to put them on some fish so that's one thing with me like i i thought about doing it you know when i was 
a little bit younger. I was like, man, I'd love to be a guide, but man, they they put in some work. They put countless hours in on the water, they do. So just like an angler would. No doubt, man. No doubt. Well, hey, buddy, I appreciate you being on, and uh, man, good luck out there, and stay safe on the road. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. It's a great opportunity. Thank you. Uh- All right, Preston. Stay safe, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. You too. Thank you. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook, and they can help you find your dream hunt. Also brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, great first segment with Preston talking about Smith Lake, but man, let's get to segment two. And I've been dying to get Jr. back on here talking about these big catfish up on the Tennessee River. Jr. Hall, what's going on, buddy? And another blessed day. Trying to enjoy a off day today. Before right. I get back after, and I got, I think I got like four or five trips in a row. I got to do starting tomorrow. So. Hey man, I, you you stay busy, brother. You got all these people wanting to catch these monster catfish. Your phone blowing off the hook. Everybody's uh, everybody's like me. I, Jr. I don't watch a lot of YouTube videos and 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 videos on Facebook and stuff, but I do love watching your stuff, man. Because y'all catch some freaking giants up there. And we we've been blessed this year. Uh, had several good opportunities to take some. And people out to have a large audience and people got to see what we do and it's getting it, you know it's uh come with territory it got me busy did that show with richard gene that was a good one had a couple other people i've done that do youtube and podcasts and stuff i've taken out and man it, the reach y'all have and stuff man it, it, it got us busy that's for sure that's awesome got me booked up till about august right now yeah well, there's a, I know I know of a podcaster that would love to come up there and go with you. Well, by all means. It's August. <laughs> but it's got to be after August, right? It's August. I got my calendar opens up pretty good. Hey, man. Uh, I, and I'm looking forward to August because it's going to be hot. Uh, I'm, I'm about had it with this weather that's bipolar. It's warm one week, and then next week I'm putting bibs back on. And, Hey, well, at least when August rolls around, we know what it's going to be, right? <laughs> Scalding hot. Scalding. Yeah, looking forward to it. Do y'all fish at night, mainly in August, or do y'all still as a daytime trips? Or? Trips, I need to slightly plan in advance. Uh, have child care. I have to make sure child care is taken care of with me and my wife. But, yes, I, I like doing trips in August and September at night, uh, late July. Uh, and that's where a bulk of mine come from. I've done a couple here recently. And it was just how it rolled. Weather was bad during the day. They were available to go in the afternoon into the night, and I had child care taken care of. So I was like, well, we'll just go at night. There you uh, go. But I don't notice a bite difference, but I do notice, like, 
like in August and July, fishing at night, it's a little more comfortable. Uh, I was going to say, it may not be different for the fish, but it's different for the fishermen, that's for sure, oh, or yeah. fisherwomen. In August, and, uh, I try to do a lot of, like, six-hour trips in August. Uh, do, like, start from 7 to 1, then take off till 3, and then go back in at, at 3 to 8 or 3 to 9, uh, fishing through the dark and whatnot. Uh, it's hard staying out there 10, 12 hours solid heat all day long. So Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I'm pretty accommodating. I'll, I'll pretty much do whatever anybody wants me to within reason. Yeah. Um, well, and, you know, for the people that, that may have not heard you on here before or are not familiar with your YouTube or Facebook channel, uh, I, I would sure advise them to go check it out, and I'll let you give all that information before we get off for sure. But for you guys that may be listening that that, that don't know Jr. He catches big catfish. I mean, we, we talk about bass and crappie on here a lot and striped bass, and but there's not many people that do what you do. And man, I'm I'm a, I love the big catfish. I'm a noodler, so I'm I'm getting fired up about noodling. It's it's time to get in the water if it'll warm up. Too darn cold to get in there right now, but I, I love these big catfish. And man, I love I love what you're doing. So just kind of kind of walk us through it, man. Uh, this time of year, up until uh, like January, February, March, we're doing a lot of, of current fishing, fishing and current anchored up on spots. Typically, we'll pull up on a spot. I'll either mark the fish or I'll mark what we're trying to fish. Sometimes you can see them in the in the rock piles or treetops or whatever the structure or whatever I'm trying to locate. If I can see the fish, you know, we'll set up on them. Typically, you can catch them. It seems like five, ten minutes, you, you get bit. If you don't get bit within 30, reel up, let's move to the next one. Got 4,000 waypoints on my graph. We, we got plenty of spots to pick from. Apparently, we started, uh, the rain started easing up some and got to practically nothing. So we've been breaking out the pointer boards lately and doing uh, basically trolling for catfish pointer boards. And that's about the most successful thing you can do right now work with other guys I mean, we're all best friends and uh we talk daily and like one week it was you know you need to be in 50 to 70 foot and then the next week you need to be in 30 to 40 and now most of the fish we're catching in 20 foot or less and i think it's as the water's warming up fish are moving up getting ready to spawn we're following the bait that's also moving up because the water's warmer and the shallower flats and uh that's just where we've been most productive as I speak, it's raining, uh, which it hasn't been doing, and it's got our current starting to go back up. So I'm kind of excited. Maybe these slightly cooler temps for May and late April is so long before these fish go in the spawn. Uh, more opportunities to catch them. Because uh, once, I think May 20th is pretty much when our spawn starts, and we can get the fish a break and whatnot. And uh, Hopefully it'll stay about the temps it is right now. Give us a little current, and it'll be a it'll continue being a pretty successful spring. So you you know, and, and you kind of answered one of the questions. Well, one of the questions I had was about the spawn. You know, I didn't know if 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 the if some of the big females were already spawning or if that started later in the year. I know down you know here in Logan Martin Lay Lake and. And things, you know, you start finding these fish, you know, when we're noodling, you find these spawning fish, you know, kind of throughout May, it kind of gets better as May goes on. And then, you know, through probably middle of June or something like that, uh, it sounds like it may start just a little bit later up there on the Tennessee River than it does here. But uh, I was wondering if it had already started, but t- it sounds like it hasn't. No, I, I don't believe so. Uh, we general consensus and like among us guys, we all kind of look at water temps daily when we're out there. Uh, it seems like the bite will really, really start slowing down once it hits 75 degrees on Tennessee River and it stays that way for four or five days. You can kind of guess like in this time of year with those temperatures that you have these fish are getting ready to spawn, especially noticing that they are moving shallow to shallower water. So does the temperature have an effect? Is it just time of year every year? I don't know, but we always just go by water temps. And when it hits 75 and it stays that way for four or five days, y'all better start finishing up your trips because you're about to, about to run into the spawn and it's hard to get them to bite when they're on bed and up in the treetops and stuff. We, we take off. Most of like the three guys, including myself, we all – Pretty much May 20th is our stopping point every year, May 20th to 25th. Try not to book any trips past that because any day the spawn could hit, and I don't want to go out and 
struggle and, you know, knowing like, yeah, the spawn was close. You know, I don't want to ever feel like I'm just taking somebody for a boat ride. We, uh, we start back typically after 4th July weekend. Gives the fish time to spawn. Uh, I don't, we don't noodle much up here because the water's so big and there's so many places that go. And I just, I can't put my hands in there and <laughs> see what we're doing. But uh, we give them a break. Let them, we've been after them all year. Let's give them a break. Let them do their thing. And then mid July, after the holiday weekend, we start back up and get after them. And typically a post spawn bite's really good. Uh, I actually look forward to mid July on July, August, September, catching all these fish coming off of, coming off of bed and, you know, that's some of my, my greatest numbers days, you know, 24, 25 fish in six hours and then, you know, average is 25 to, to 50 pounds. That's pretty much the going average that time of year. So looking forward to it. But right now we're still grinding it out. We're catching good fish. A uh, buddy of mine caught a 110 the other day. Oh. Uh, you know, we, uh, we get all, <laughs> you never know. That's what's we're blessed up here on Tennessee River is you never know when you have triple digit fish right there looking at your bait fixing to eat it so the more time you're out there the better your chances are and we just uh been really blessed here lately for sure a 110 pound catfish that's a i don't want to noodle a fish that big <laughs> that'll tear your hand off yeah yeah i'm strong but it's like it's rough that's a lot of fish that's a lot of fish well when you're like you were talking about seeing the fish on your electronics these big fish, when you find them in these current breaks or rock piles or whatever they're in, and you you identify the fish, are they typically loners, or will there be several in the area? Well, it's weird, uh, you know. And I tell my clients the same thing. And I've only seen it like once or twice in my life where I could sit in one spot and catch giants multiple in a row, same spot never move. Most of the time, when we're doing and we call it tree or spot hopping, it basically you go to a spot, set up for thirty minutes. You may get as many as three, four bites, but after 30 minutes, if they ain't bit, you know, typically you get a bite. By the time I get everything out, I go to sit down, one of the rods gets hit. Uh, we catch maybe two, three fish off a spot, especially if they're big. Now, you know, we're, we're targeting mainly trophy size, trying to catch that 30, 30 plus and up, and most of them seem like loners. Uh, I have a treetop I can think of top of my head that I've caught probably 20 different fish because I know they're different because I tagged them all. Anywhere from 45 to right at 93 pounds off one tree, but it was throughout a year, you know. But I never caught more than one off of it at a time. Good gracious. You know, it's one of those spots that's, you know, hard to find unless you're looking for it. And it's been good to me. And it's always when I'm in that section of the river, we're going to go look at this real quick just to see what's in there. Just because I've had too good a luck on it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and you know the other the other thing I was I was you know you mentioned the planer board fishing and and I know the first time we talked I was thinking about it afterwards and I'm like I, I was telling my dad about it and I was like man I I have never heard of anybody trolling for catfish before but then you know we grew up on the Tom Baby River and the Black Warrior River and my dad brought it up he's like Brian I, I, we grew up jug fishing and it's the same thing your your jug is moving with that current. And and yep. it's just a different way to do it. Yep. It uh I don't I couldn't tell you who's the first one to ever come up with it. I can tell you my buddy showed me and he's one of the other guys. He showed me probably five years ago. And I the reason I started doing it because I kept getting whipped in tournaments that we didn't have current. And I was like, Man, what are y'all doing? Like, cause I I mean, I feel like I'm a decent fisherman, but I'm not producing these kinds of like, man, we're dragging. I was like, What are you talking about? And they told me, I was like, All right, you can blow smoke up someone else. That ain't gonna be you, You're right. You know, I was like, this doesn't work. And then uh, one evening, I was struggling. He said, man, get on the boat for me. I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm like, all right, all right, but we're going to see if there's anything to this. And I ended up catching, I think we caught one on the first area in like an hour. And I was like, yeah, we just snagged him. But then he took me to another spot. And then we we caught, I think we proceeded to catch, you know, 16, 17 fish. And I think there were two over 60. And I was like, all right, there's something to this. And just... I got really good at it where I, I am comfortable now dragging anywhere. Like people see me setting up and they're like, man, how do you not tangle up everything? I said, man, I've drove hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. I, I can get this set up pretty quick. It takes about four or five minutes to set everything up. And then you just sit back, relax and wait for one of them big, you know, dra- uh, planer boards to go shooting underwater. And it gets clients involved. They get to see it. It's a bit, big visual hit. 
the nice. tracks peeling off, and it, uh, it, I don't know how you could ever get tired of it. So are are you just drifting in the current, or are you you running your trolling motor, or nine percent of the time we're dragging upstream? Huh? Now in my head, it doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't figure why a fish would hit a piece of cut bait that's going up river, but these lakes are so big and sections are so big with the current so low, you know. It, there's no current to speak of. So we set our trolling motors like 0.5 up to 0.8 and have our dragon weights on. The weights are designed to, to troll along across the bottom without getting hung up too much. And uh, it's one of them, and I, we tell everybody, like, it's hard to explain, but once you see it in person, you're like, oh, this makes total sense. Uh, basically a Carolina rig with a, a big stick weight, and you got your float that keeps bait off the bottom, but you got your weight that'll keep everything close to the bottom and then you just uh, drag along and we have areas that will drag you know one thing's having confidence in doing it some people will set up and they're like man if i ain't got bit in 30 minutes we gotta do something else i'm like no just keep going if you're on the ledge you know it's one way to figure out a good way to figure out where fish are at get right on a ledge and you put three deep you put three shallow and then put one right on the ledge and see what side of the boat's getting hit more when you see, you know, shallow side getting hit, move the whole boat over. If you see the deep side, move out towards the channel. And you're covering ground the whole time, you know, at a half mile an hour. Average bite, you know, two to three bites within an hour uh, is a pretty decent drag bite. Now, I've had as many on as, I think I've had five hit all within three minutes of one another before that were all 40 to 50 pounds. But, Ugh. you know, a good drag bite, about two to three bites an hour. Uh, and I, and I call them opportunities. Every time that board takes off and whether we hook him or not, we had an opportunity just didn't, you know, didn't capitalize on it. As I'm seeing bites, we're good. Now, if I bring it in, we drag an hour and we've covered a mile and or half a mile. We ain't got bit. All right. Yeah, I agree. Let's, let's try a different section of the river, you know, run 10 miles, run 15 miles. Let's go in the river section. Let's different kind of bed. This, or riverbed, just, just try something completely different, you know, but do the same thing, but just a different area of the lake. And, man, you just cover so much. Like right now, we're when we're dragging, it's not uncommon, and I, like, I love seeing it, is how occasionally look at the graph. I don't pay it a whole lot of attention, but as long as I'm seeing fish on there, we're, cu- we're going through fish. You might go through 300 of them, but there's only seven or eight that are hungry. Those are the ones you're going to get bit on. But as long as you're moving, you're covering new ground, you're going through fish, you're going to find a fish that's hungry. And uh, just certain, it seems like certain areas right now hold bigger fish. The other day, I noticed like anywhere 35 to 40 foot, we could get bit by something bigger than 50 pounds. But if I got any shallower, it was more 20 pounds or less. Yeah. So when when you're looking at your, when you're graphing these fish and seeing these fish, are you using like down imaging on this or? It's all of it. I, I'll turn my screen to where I can see side imaging out to about 120 feet because that's a, about how far I'm covering both sides of the boat. And then I'll run down imaging in 2D below just to see. And that's where I'll see a lot of fish. I'm like, while I'm seeing fish under us, I know there's fish around us. Occasionally I'll look and I'll be like, oh, yeah, there's a there's a good fish out about 85 foot. He should hit number, you know, the number five planer board. And sure enough, watch it get hit and like takes about five minutes for the bait to get to them when i see them on the graph and then we drag up up through them and uh yeah i've been able to call hits you know be like hey you need to watch this rod right here it's probably gonna be the next one to get hit and sure enough you know give it about five minutes and then you run that bait by him and he'll slam the rod and you feel like feel like you're on top of the world like yep called it you know and it's a it's just a lot of fun it's Seeing them planer boards take off, it's just like bobber fishing. You know, every time your cork goes under, you don't know how big it is. Right. Uh, same thing. You know, you see that water and your rods bending at the rod handle and drags peeling off. You're like, well, it's over 30. I don't know how much bigger than 30, but we'll find out. And then I had 83 last week, last Thursday, I believe, that hit like it was literally 30 seconds from it was the end of the trip. And I was like, and we've had a good trip. You know, we can call day, whatever. I was like, eh. Yeah, let's give him five more minutes. And it wasn't 30 seconds. I looked, and we were throwing whole skips. He's, he wanted to catch a giant, and I was like, well, the best way to do it is throw big baits. And wasn't really paying much attention. I just happened to glance over, and I seen the board stop moving and start slowly easing back, and then it just shot under like a torpedo. And I was like, there's your fish you wanted. And sure enough, it was right at 83 pounds. So, Good gracious. How long will it take to get a fish like that in? 10, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, depending. <laughs> I use a medium heavy rod. 
it's all all brands and styles out there. I use what's called the Big Cat Fever Series rods. Uh, not sponsored by them. It's just ones I've used forever and I have a lot of faith in. I like a medium heavy. I can't ever tell if the fish is 25 pounds or 100 pounds when it mows a rod down initially. I have to listen to the drag. If I hear it screaming drag, I'm like, the more it screams, the bigger this fish is. But it doesn't allow the... It allows the client to fight the fish instead of forcing them in with like a really heavy stiff rod. Yeah. Plus you had the planer board on there. I think it helps with hook sets occasionally, depending on what mood the fish are in. Just depends. Uh, but those are, you know, you fifty pound fish and up is typically five to ten minutes. Uh, I know my buddy when he caught that one ten, it was about fifteen minutes, and uh, he's like, I didn't know what we hooked. I thought it was a Volkswagen. And then it come up surface, and I was like, Oh my goodness! He got a real one. Uh, is this something that is this something that works all over the country? This planer board fishing. It's all based on conditions. Like right now, they're with say winter time. If we're, I'm not big into dragging in the winter unless it's like a warm spot during the week. Winter time fish are a little more sluggish. Now we'll drag and we may slow the boat way down to like point three, as about as slow as I can get my boat to go without the trolling motor going haywire and. uh Typically, you know, if you got current, it's kind of hard to do. You, you really don't want much current at all. And I say less than a half mile an hour current, uh, anything faster than that. And that's kind of how I decide my day. When I go out, I look. If I can't spot lock and the boat sits perfectly still and there's current rip, rippling underneath the back of the motor, then we need to be dragging. That's kind of how I decide when I go out to any, any of the reservoirs here, uh, whether it's the river section or the lake sections. If you've got current, we're anchoring. If we're not, we're dragging. I'd rather cover ground and I can at least go through fish and find one that's hungry versus, you know, the boat whipping back and forth with whatever little wind's blowing and trolling motors going nutty because of one breeze hit me this way and then another breeze hits me this way and the aggravation from that. So uh, dragging is it's definitely condition dependent, but it, it's worked everywhere I've been. Uh, I know guys that's done it on the Coosa when the river or when the dams aren't producing any current, uh, have been successful down there on it. We do it a lot here. There's not many catfish boats you'll see up here, just even your recreational to your guides or your tournament guys that don't have a set of planer boards on the boat just for the conditions presented. And that's so uh, cool. I, I, I really got to say this. And, yeah, I, I, I can't I, – I, I need to get up there and fish with you, that's for sure. Hey, well, one more question. When you, you mentioned the bait a while ago, when you're fishing for these giant fish, what size of bait are we talking about? Typically, and I'm a big guy. I mean, I'm, I'm six foot four, 250 pounds. Uh, typically, the bait's as big as my hand. I'll take a, a two-pound skipjack, cut it in half. That's one bait. Some guys will see it and be like, that's awful big bait. I can make four or five. I said, well, I'd rather catch five 50-pounders than 10 five-pounders. Yeah. Know, like, but big baits, let's, I would rather, let's catch it. We're here to catch a giant. You know, if you want numbers, we can do that too. But if you want big fish, this is what we need to do. So uh, typically anywhere from six to eight inch baits. If they get to missing it a few times, I'll put on stinger hooks. Sometimes they'll grab the back of it and the flatheads are notorious. They got a big mouth, which they can inhale big baits, but they can spit it out just as fast. So we end up putting like a stinger hook in the back sometimes. It just depends what mood the fish are in, what I've seen throughout the day. If, you know, three get three quick bites and we miss every one of them, start looking at the bait, go, all right, let me throw a stinger hook on each one of these real quick. And then typically you can start, you know, fixing it, fixing the misses and, and such. Heck yeah. Dang, that's so cool, man. That's so cool. Well, JR, man, give us your information. Give us your phone number, how to contact you, Facebook page, YouTube channel, all that fun stuff. Okay. YouTube, if you search black sheep catfishing, there's several trips. I have like my own personal channel, but I don't hardly ever upload anything, but I've done a lot of trips for some YouTube personalities. There's several, multiple trips on there that I've done for folks. Facebook, uh, black sheep catfishing guide service, LLC. I post pictures, every trip, every video, you know, cool videos, some of the hits, some of the, the stuff that goes on, just, you know, fighting a big fish taking pictures and stuff we see yeah i post on there tiktok is also black sheep catfishing kind of got in the tiktok thing my buddy talked me into it i kind of it's kind of addicting every now and then I'll, it is it's a little video but i like uploading videos too it has a, a little bit bigger audience i think and then i have my website of black sheep catfishing.com 
there's I update it some, but mostly it's just for the pricing and a few pictures. It's hard. My website's hard to update without a computer, and I hardly ever get on my computer. I normally just do everything on my phone, but it, the way the app's set up, I can't really update pictures on the website itself. So most of it you'll see is like social media, like Facebook and TikTok. And uh, if you want to book a trip, you know, you can call me or text me at any time. Uh, if I don't answer, I'll, I'll take it. People leave me a voicemail, just send me a text. It's just as easy. Uh, 256-679-7667. Currently, we're, we're booked up from the rest of the, the spring, but we will be starting back around July 15th. want to get a trip, by all means, the sooner you can get on it, the better. Because uh, I think Wade and talking to the other guys, we're all kind of starting to fill up in July and August and such. But uh, be more than happy to take you out. All you need fishing license, small cooler, food and drinks. We provide everything else, bait, tackle, skip the bait, uh, uh, you know, seat, seating, life jackets. We do all that part. If you'll just show up and go out with a positive attitude, we'll go out and have a good time. That's awesome, JR, man. And, and I'm, I'm, I really am. I'm going to get with you. I'm going to get with you here real quick and, and try to get, try to get on the books with you and, uh, and come up there and, and, uh, enjoy that and see what this is all about. But hey, guys. Call Jr. He gave his number on here. Book a trip with him. I mean, golly, uh, catching, having just the opportunity at a 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 pound fish is uh, is unbelievable. Man, it, it, it'll be a good time. Jr. I appreciate you, buddy. And uh, right. always great having you on, man. Look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Have a blessing. All right, guys. Let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by. L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. Also brought to you by AFCO, family owned and operated. AFCO Fishing Apparel and Tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com, that's A-F-T-C-O dot com, for on-the-water performance gear. Also brought to you by Hayabusa Fishing. Hayabusa provides the world with outstanding fishing hooks. Hayabusa is manufactured in Japan with technical designs, functionality, durability, and styles that customers who want to catch more fish demand. Hayabusa Fishing works tirelessly to provide the highest quality products manufactured and ensures current and prospective customers achieve a higher level of performance by using innovative products. From sabikis and saltwater hooks and jigs to freshwater hooks, see what they're all about at HayabusaFishing.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great segment there with JR, man. Book a trip with this guy and get up there and chase some of these monster catfish on the Tennessee River. I can't imagine catching a 90 or 100 pound catfish on a, on a rod and reel. That's just crazy. But uh, hey, let's get to our third segment, man. I'm fired up to talk to this guy. Aaron, what's going on, buddy? Mr. Aaron, I'm doing good, man. Now, Aaron, you're, a, uh, you're fishing from Montevallo, right? Yes, sir, man. Awesome, man. You guys got quite the team there. Yes, sir, we do. We have a pretty strong dynamic. Yeah, so I see on Facebook and Instagram and stuff, I follow you guys. And, uh, man, y'all are always at the top of the leaderboard, it looks like. I think we've won the last three tournaments. We're going to try to make it four in a row this weekend. That would be pretty crazy. Man, y'all let my let my Auburn guys in there a little bit, too, now. I'm an I'm a Auburn guy, so you got to let us in there. Yeah, we, we gotta leave. You know, just a little bit of a gap. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Where are you from, Aaron? Uh, I'm from Dothan, Alabama. I got you. Good stuff. So you grew up fishing Ufala down there, I imagine. Sir, I started fishing in my seventh grade year of high school. I figured out that there was a thing called bass fishing after I 
Tennessee Bacon and baseball, I absolutely fell in love with it. Hey, I, I tell people all the time, I was fortunate enough to play baseball for Auburn, but if we'd have had a fishing team in Demopolis, Alabama, where I grew up, I'd have probably never played baseball. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't have that. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing to see what the high school fishing and the college fishing has turned into and the unbelievable growth it's had. It's really cool to see. Yes, there it is. Well, hey, man, let's talk about fishing real quick. I know you've been uh, – you're up at Gunnersville now. And, uh, man, from what I was hearing from you, it's on fire up there. They are absolutely fighting right now. Um, pretty sure we're hitting the front end of it, but these fish are starting to move out and push offshore. I'm finding them anywhere from the 8 to 25 foot of water on ledges, uh, moving out of all of these major creeks, all of these major spotted flights, all of these major – everything. Like, all the main related fish are on them. They're coming out. Pretty easy to find them right now. After they get busted up here in probably the next couple of weeks, it's going to get a lot harder to catch them. They're going to move around. But I think that this weekend and this next week is about to be the time to be at Lake Gunnersville if you like ledge fish. That's awesome, man. Well, what are you, you know, you're, you're looking for them, obviously, in, in, you know, that 15 to 20, 25-foot range on ledges. You said that. So what's what's kind of your, uh, how are you catching them? What's kind of your lure selection? Um, So I'm rolling a big swim bait. Throwing a flutter spoon, uh, stand-up pad, drop shot, obviously. Air jig, and you throw just about everything down there. So you just finding them on your electronics stacked up? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've been getting them all week on my Felixes, and it's been amazing how clear they've been popping off, dude. I've been finding them on the backside of grass patches and crazy places. Go fishing them on. That's so fun, man. So it, y'all catching some big fish right now up there, too, huh? Yes, sir. I, I caught my TV yesterday. It was a little over nine pounds. Golly, dude, that's awesome. What'd you catch him on? Swim bait. She was uh, she was underneath a school of striper, and I threw my my swim bait down there, and I was like, huh? We saw there's some big ones on the bottom. I let it go down there. I started slow rolling it, and she locked it up. Oh man, how fun is that? It was amazing. That's awesome. The striper, and I think my line starts shooting up, and she jumped. I absolutely lost my mind. I bet you did. I bet you did. It was a whole ordeal, but it was amazing. Now, were you in a tournament or are you just fishing? I was just making a cast on the spot to check it. I called nine. Oh, my gosh, man. They did a five more just like her down there. We catch them tomorrow. Yeah, because tournament starts tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. We got a one day. It's the major league fishing open at Gunnersville. Hey, you, uh, you turned her back loose, though. So, I mean, she might bite again. She's still there. You never know. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's good stuff, man. Hey, so, uh, so it sounds like the the most of fish are most of fish at Gunnersville through spawning. Yes, sir. I would say probably about eighty five to ninety percent of the fish are done spawning. Yeah, I, I know it was like a probably three four weeks ago. Uh, I had a guy on on here, and and he was like, "Man, I think every fish in Gunnersville is on the bed right now." And uh, so I assume that, you know, it's, it's probably winding down. You may still have some up there on, on the bed. But what about the shad spawn? When is it? Is, is it it's got to be right getting close, right? It would be happening too. But I think with this weather and the last few nights being a little colder, all these thunderstorms rolling through, I think it kind of got it down a little bit. There could still be one. I haven't seen one personally, but there could still be one out here. There has to be. I mean, there was a shad spawn on pick week last week. Yeah, it's got to be close, man. It's got to yes. be close. Next week there will be one. Yeah. Sure. What about man? When, when you're when you're fishing like the swim baits and stuff like that, is is there any particular colors that you think do better than the other this time of year? Or are you just trying to kind of match? Yeah. Are you just trying to get a bait in front of where the fish are because they're aggressive right now? Honestly, I think that the latter, what you just said, but just getting the bait is more of a factor than what the color is. I, I don't think they really care, especially not right now. It, it's just finding them, really. I mean, they're not the easiest to find right now, but I, if you do find them, they're going to buy. Yeah. Yeah, they're hungry. They're really hungry. That's fun, man. How many boats will be in this tournament tomorrow? Oh, man. That's a good field. I feel like it's going to take over 30 to win this thing. Aaron, man, I'm going to be watching you this week. I, I, I want to see some – I expect big things out of you, man. You, Hey, good luck to you this weekend. I appreciate you. I know you're preparing, so I really appreciate you taking the time to call in and giving us the update on Gunnersville. And, uh, man, we'll be watching for you this weekend. Good luck to you. Thanks, sir. All right, bye. All right, guys, let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. 
All right, guys, welcome back to the show. What a great show we had today, man. We talked about Smith Lake, talked about Gunnersville, and, of course, giant, giant fish uh, on Gunnersville with these catfish. And, man, what an exciting thing that's going to be to be able to see and, and do. I can't wait to get up there myself and uh, and do some of that. But that is going to be a wrap for this week's show. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. If you are, please Leave us a positive rating, write us a review, share it with your friends. We would greatly appreciate it. And, uh, man, we look forward to bringing you this thing each and every week. So be sure and follow us on Facebook or any of your social medias. And we'll look forward to bringing you another report next week. You guys stay safe. Get in the water this weekend. Enjoy some of this beautiful fishing country that we have here in Alabama. And stay safe on the water. We'll talk to you all again next week. This segment was brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. Also brought to you by National Land Realty. Hey guys, this is Brian Sin, and not only am I the host of the Alabama Freshwater Fisher Report, but I am also a land agent for National Land Realty. Hey, you guys already trust me with bringing you the fishing report from around the state of Alabama, but if you have any needs with wanting to sell property or looking for property to purchase, hey, give me a shout. I would love to help you. My number is 601-383-2344. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, awesome show today. Go down to you fall and catch some crappie with Tony. That's all I can say. Or go over there with Ken. Man, get on some of these stripers. I mean, he's, that time of year is is just unbelievable there when they're when they're catching them just for numbers. And then also the I mean the him the bass fishing there is is unbelievable as well. And Ken sure knows how to find the fish and put you on them. So we appreciate both those guys bringing us reports today that's going to be a wrap for this week's show if you're enjoying the podcast please take a minute to subscribe rate and leave us a review wherever you listen and if you'd like us to email you the podcast we'll do it all you got to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767 we'll email it to you every week stay safe out there guys look forward to talking to y'all next week This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona. Check them out on sepond.com. And by Killer Dock. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And by AFCO. Family-owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements. Visit AFCO.com for on-the-water performance gear. And by Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has delivered the finest quality fishing game feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. And Botanist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Photonist Defense, masters of darkness. And by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Also brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. 
Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you're experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land the big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. And by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.